guys, welcome back to another episode of Man Made. Hey, listen, this is where we help you create exceptional experiences, implement everyday tools, and accelerate personal success. We also help you build lifelong networks with other men who give a shit about life. All right. Love it. Gentlemen, welcome to Man Maids, or the, obviously, as we all know, uh, the ambitious or successful, ambitious uh, professionals network here. We are live with Man Maids Mastermind. My man, Jimmy Klager, is with me today, buddy. Good to see you, bro. Good, good to be here, man. Good to be here. So uh, we were talking just earlier. Um, you know, I, I love this time of the year. You're a little bit more into spring than we are up here in yeah. Wyoming. Uh, you're probably a little bit farther into summer almost. Uh, but uh, it's 64 pushing. Uh, we'll probably get into like 75 today. So, dude, yeah, you are officially Good. in summer. We are we are still in spring. We're expecting a little bit of snowfall here. Uh, we got some over the over the weekend, but the the smell of spring is in the air. Yeah. And I got, I got to tell you, man, it's just like, it's, there's excitement. People are, are uh, already out there on walks in the evening. They're starting to do their morning walks again. People are starting to do some lawn, lawn chores and, and uh, getting things ready for, um, for spring around here. But uh, you had a great weekend. Uh, we were just talking about um, lacrosse and some things that kind of came up. So uh, give everybody kind of an idea of what happened this weekend. Yeah. So, um, my, uh, my young son plays lacrosse and it was our first tournament of the weekend. We went down to a little town here in Colorado on the Western slope called Montrose, uh, for the Montrose tournament. It was, um, they went five and oh, uh, won the tournament. It was, I mean, down to the, down to the wire on the last, um, the last game, but you know, that, and they walked away. It was, it was, there were good teams and there were bad teams and the good teams, yeah, it came down to the, the last, the, the two best teams that played at the end. Um, it was so cool. Uh, but you know, we, we had this, you know, you get your drive down you get your drive back and, uh, you spend some time with a 13 year old and your 13 year old kind of wants you there, but he doesn't want you there. And then you're hanging around him and around the, 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 the team and, all he and his buddies are all doing their 13 year old boy thing. And you kind of just have to st step back. You can't like insert yourself into that because you don't want to be the dork dad. And but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those ones where yeah, the dork dad, <laughs> yeah, the, the dork dad, right. You know, um, but you still want to be part of it. And so every now and then I pick up, you know, lacrosse stick and I'd throw with one of his buddies for a little bit and that would last maybe five minutes. And then, they go on and do something else. And so it's just, um, but then, you know, last night we got all done and we came home and, you know, I was uh, up, up uh, getting ready to, you know, he's getting ready for bed and sitting there chatting with him. And I just got to thinking, right. We as dads um, that there's, I think in the past, there's been this shift of they respect us because of this positional authority that we have as, as the dad. But I got to, I got to thinking last night and there's nothing more than I want from my boys than for them to go. That's my dad. Yeah. He's yeah. You know, yeah, he's, he's, he's my dad and I'm going to keep him at arm's length to it, you know, when we're around the boys, but you know, at the end of the day, he's my dad and I love him and I want him around. I want him in my life. I want to make him proud. I want him to be proud of me. Um, but that's a feeling, that's a relationship that I want mm -hmm. and that I will continue to strive for. 
And, uh, um, you know, with Jedi, you know, I arguably I've achieved that, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's, you know, I've achieved it and it's done. No, it, it continues to take work. Um, but it was just so awesome when, you know, you just got a chance to, you know, we were sitting, we were talking about the game and, you know, goods and bads and things he did good. And, and you know, this team and that team, and boy, he had, he had one shot that he threaded it right between the goalie and the net. I mean, he had like a five inch space and he came around the corner and whipped it in. It was just like, oh man, it was a beautiful shot. Um, so you, you recap those, um, but you can just tell he was happy to be that I was in his presence. Yeah. And it wasn't like he wanted me to go away. It, and, and so it was just this, this great conversation. So I, I, I felt like I felt compelled to say, listen, men out there, that's what you want to achieve. But how do you do that? And that takes time and that takes effort and that takes, um, growing with them, understanding where they're at, understanding that they're not perfect, yeah. but helping them accomplish and then celebrating those, even the little things, the big things and the little things, but you just celebrate those milestones with them. So at the end of the day, they go, that's my dad. And I want my dad around. Yeah. I want him around because I may need to reach out to him, you know, as a lifeline but I don't want you to be the dork dad. So that's okay. But he'll be, be over here, but, but be present. Um, yeah. And that is, that was just an epiphany, epiphany that I had that I wanted to share with, with everybody, with all the guys today. Love it, dude. Well, I think this is really going to go into our, our conversation that we have today is this idea of kind of lowering your expectations, which is really counterintuitive to what we're like, what we stand for in a sense. Right. right. Uh, but first, I just want to make sure we highlight this one is, is of course, this is a mastermind. So uh, as you have comments and as you have uh, things that come across your mind, go ahead and share it in here. We want to make sure that we respond to that. We want to make sure that we, uh, all the other men, when you have those great ideas, those great, just as Jimmy was talking about those epiphanies, share with us let us know what your thoughts are listen by no means do jimmy and i feel like we've got all of our shit together here i mean we are we are dads in progress right we are husbands in progress striving to become the best versions of ourselves as we can and then but we also know that there's other men out there that are either challenged in the same area or there's other guys that are thriving in these areas so please just feel free to go ahead and share and and let us know. Uh, you know jimmy i want to talk a little bit about this uh, this idea of kind of lowering your expectations especially when it comes to as a father. Now, once again, I want to set the precedence here is that we have great expectations of our children, right? That's why we pour into them. That's why we commit ourselves to uh, the development of our children, both uh, boys and girls. But oftentimes, uh, you know, and, and I know that, uh, you know, I, I am guilty of this is that we take the same expectations that we have in business and, and personal success in life. And we put those on our children. We want them to be perfect and we don't want them to necessarily make mistakes or we don't want them to make the same mistakes that we did. We don't want them to have to suffer through those, uh, those penalties. Yeah. Um, uh, talk about a little bit for, for us, you know, the, the expectations uh, that maybe you find yourself now with Jed, your, your yeah. third son, your youngest son, um, how you've been able to lower your expectations, not lower the, um, the man that you're developing. In fact, actually, I right. think, in fact, if anything, it actually helps to the young man that you're developing, but just lower the expectations of what you want out of conversation or what you have, what you expect out of him on a regular basis. Yeah. I think everybody strives for, for perfection. We all want perfection. We all want that. We all want that perfect kid. We want him, we want him to fit in the box. Right. And, 
and they have to perform a certain way. Guess what? They're not. It's just, it's that they're, they're each their own individual person. And, and I think what I've learned is um, you have to, you have to meet them where they're at, celebrate where they're at, and then gently lift them and, 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 and kind of push them, push them along. Each kid's different. And I will tell you each kid's different. Um, but the foundation is, is a relationship that you have with them. And that relationship comes with, with spending some time with them. So um, what I've found for, from my previous two is the time that I've spent with Jed now um, is, is paying off dividends when it comes to him and I and our relationship. And it's, it's funny because Katie, um, my wife, she, you know, she's, she has a different relationship with Jed. Uh-huh. He has a different way of approaching things with Jed. And so, um, but the relationship that I have with him has allowed me to encourage him and to, um, to really kind of get him going on the path that we want him to go on. He, he, for example, he didn't know if he wanted to run track this year. He's like, I just, I just don't know if I want to run track. I, I, I don't know. And I said, um, okay, why wouldn't you do it? Well, I don't know. Maybe some of my friends or coaches are kind of dorky and, you know, I just don't know. I was like, okay. And I let that hang for a little bit. Next day I came back and said, you know, Hey, I was thinking about running track. Um, think about how it would help you be better in football. Oh, okay. Now we're speaking his language. Right. Um, but it wasn't something that I could come over the top on and go, Hey dude, you need to go run track. You need to, because of this and this and this and this and this and this, and this, and this these are all the reasons. And Oh, by the way, we're making it mandatory for you. Mm-hmm. As soon as I would have said that, guess what? Down, shut off. He's done. It's, it's, it's not going to be fun. So how, how do you, um, how do you work with your kids and understand that they're not perfect? How do you understand when you talk about lowering the, the expectations? Um, how do you understand that, yes, they are going to fail? They are going to stumble and they're going to fall down and skin their knee. And how do you pick them back up and go, okay, listen, you learned from that. Now let's move on. Yeah. Right. Um, I think so many folks are so into and so wound tight to their kids being perfect. And they want to make this perfect kid. And frankly, I think there's a lot of people that live vicariously through their kids. Yeah. And they, and they, they want their kids to be perfect because they never were. And that is a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for failure for your kids. Yeah. Well, I I tell you, you know, I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest, I would tell you, um, first of all, I am wound tight and I've had to learn through the years to, to loosen um, that part of my life and, and to just be more comfortable being, you know, uncomfortable in that situation. Um, the, the second thing is, is, you know, I think that, that, you know, men, men have a tendency to live vicariously through their children. Um, but I think also that men that have been very successful, such as yourself, right. Um, and, and myself in, in a former, in our former lives and former careers, we were very successful. We were, we were very elite at what we did. Yeah. Um, we also, we, we want that for our children because we know 
the experiences that we were able to create from them. Yes. Right. Um, I know my children, my boys and, and, and my girls for that matter, I know how passionate they are when it comes to athletics. And Jed is a, a prime example of that too. Yeah. I know that the sacrifice that you make now will turn into a better opportunity for you to pursue that longer in your life than anybody else, but you have to be willing to sacrifice that now. I mean, and, right. and, and I want that for my boys and, and my daughters. I want them to be able to play their sport for as long as they possibly can. And I want them to be able to play it at an elite level because I know just how much enjoyment, the memories that are created, the opportunities that will come from it. You know, for you, obviously, being in the military, the opportunities that if Jed ever does try to pursue that, you know, the experiences, the life lessons, the places he'll go, uh, the right. men and women that he'll meet, the caliber and the quality of the people will right. uh, will shape him and create um uh, a, a great version of a man. And, and I think that a lot of us fathers, we, we desire that for our children. And it's hard for us sometimes to sit back when we know that they're not pursuing greatness, so to speak. Right. right? right. Um, and I tell you, I, I, that's, a, that's an area of my life that I've struggled, but it's an area that I've had to lower my expectations in. Yeah. Understanding that in time, they will become passionate about something. And when they become passionate about something, then I need to hold, I need to grab a hold of that. Yes. Right. Um, right now, my oldest boy, uh, Caden, is very passionate about shoes and and expensive shoes. You know, everybody's like they're collecting <laughs> Nike shoes. And and for a while, I will tell you, just honestly, like it was very frustrating because there's no concept of what money is, right? There's no concept right. of like, hey, it's a $280 pair of shoes. It's like, dude, do you know how much $280 is? Right. Like, on a pair of shoes that you're going to be wearing and you're going to destroy like, like if we want to make an investment, I will partner with you. We will yeah. buy this $280 pair of shoes because we hope that we will sell it eventually for $500. Like I love that opportunity as an investment. Right. It's not an investment. It's a, I want to buy a cool, a cool pair of shoes that everybody else wants and I want to wear them. Right. You know, it's interesting. Bedros kind of talked a little bit about this. Um, uh, when I was out there, he talked about growing his, his son, um, and he provides quite a bit for his son. Um, he doesn't necessarily make the make his son do the dishes or laundry or any of that kind of stuff. But what he does do is um, make his son go figure out crypto. Yeah. Right. So, so the time that, that he's 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 taking his son and going, hey, I need you to focus. I need you to try this. I need you to go understand this. And his son went and figured out crypto and came back and said, dad, right. And so there were, so there was this, this teaching moment, but um, same thing with your son, same thing with Jed, same thing with Bedros's son. They have to have a passion for it. Yeah. They, they have to want to do it. And so I love that, that uh, Caden, you know, he's into shoes, he's into expensive shoes. Now, how do you, how do you take that and give him some experiential learning around something that he's passionate about yeah. so that he learns and takes away from this? Yeah. You know, so Friday night, uh, Jed, I mean, he, we, let me just kind of go back and go Monday was, um, max squat day. Right. And then he was lifting three times a week. He went to the gym or so he went to the gym three times a week. He did track four days of the week. And then he had lacrosse practice four days of the week. So by the time Friday came around, he was, he was tired. He was whooped and his legs were shot. I had to take the opportunity to go, Hey dude, let's talk about where your legs are at right now. 
you've got all this lactic acid built up, you know, let's talk about how muscles are grown and here's what you need to be doing. You know, go get in the ice bath, those kind of things. All of a sudden there was this teaching moment where now he better understands, you know, anatomy and physiology and what his legs are, why, why his legs are the way they are. As such, he did some stretching, got in the ice bath, rolled them out and Saturday morning, he woke up pretty good, ready to go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you got to find those times though. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that once we can, you know, I think one of the things my father did so well with me, uh, as I look back at as an example of, is that he, he always came down to our level, it was hard for him, not all of the things that we wanted to do, uh, that we wanted to do were a passion for him. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember when I was in my mid 20s, one of the things that I love to do is on Wednesday evenings, I'd go play pool at a bar with my buddies. And in order for him to hang out with me, he had to go where we were at. And that was yeah. the last thing he wanted to do, so to speak, right? Because he had early mornings on Thursday. He still had the work week. I was going to sleep in, but he came to where I was at in order to work and build that relationship. And I think as fathers, it's so important for us to do the things. So we talk about doing hard things. We talk about doing things that are uncomfortable. We talk about doing things that we don't necessarily like to do because the price that we're paying is a benefit for ourselves, our families. Yeah. This, is this is a perfect example of that. Sure is. Go to where your children are at even if it's not something that you want to do and you will build a relationship with them that is lasting and will be an amazing opportunity for you. So, yeah. uh, so, Hey, let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about, um, you know, I had a great conversation. We had, of course, Matt Williams, uh, was on, uh, the man-made summit and, uh, he gave us, uh, his story of, um, uh, you know, of, of really like self-devastation in his life, you know, and, uh, a point in a point where he actually had pretty much, destroyed his career, had destroyed his life as he knew it in a sense. Uh, and he really had to start um, climbing out of a, a pretty deep hole. And of course, now he's got uh, a great company um, called FroPro. And, and he's just, he's, he's on fire. Now it takes work every single day to be on fire. It takes work for him to stay in that uh, consistency. Uh, but one of the things he talked about uh, through our conversation that we just recently had on with a podcast with him was this idea of stop watering dead plants. And man, did I got to tell you, like, as soon as I heard that, it was so relatable to uh, like our positions, your position, my position, people that are in our organizations and the, the, the idea of like, what are the relationships, right? So I think of two things. I think of what are the relationships uh, and what are the substances in our life, right? The things that we're doing um, that we're watering, but they're dead, hmm. right? They're dead in our lives, uh, but we continue to just keep giving energy back to them and energy back to them and pouring energy into them or the you know superficial and uh, these these uh, inanimate objects so to be so to speak right um, like I just I love that explanation because now I have a visual of the things that I need to continue to and I've said this before burn off uh, things that no longer serve me things that I no longer can be doing if I want to go to this area in my life if I want to have this type of success in my life. I have got to get rid of certain things. And I know a lot of men out there feel the same way. They're just not willing to yet do it. But this concept of stopping the watering on dead plants, I think mm -hmm. is brilliant. How hard is that? Yeah, absolutely. Tremendously right. hard, especially here's the thing. When you haven't identified that is a dead plant. Mm. Yeah. Right. You, there, if there's an area in your life or there's a relationship in your life and you haven't realized it yet, I think that's the that's the thing that we have to figure out first. Right. It, it is is figuring out is like, where is that 
in our life? Is it dead? Is it still alive? Do we need to pour into it more? Or is it now a time and a chapter in our life that we have to finally close and move on from? Right. And, and you can do it with grace, right? But it, it comes down to, yeah, you know, I don't know how many times we've talked about Jim Rohn, you know, your average of the five people you hang around with the most. Who are those five people? Yeah. Who are those, who are those, who are the, who, what relationships are you pouring water into? Mm-hmm. You're watering and, and making grow. Um, what relationships are you, you know, maybe the, maybe you're pouring water, you keep pouring water, but you're watering that dead plant and it's not going anywhere. And yeah. you have to make that decision of saying, Hey, listen, gonna be done. Yeah. Um, it's okay. You're not going to go, Hey, I'm, I'm just cutting you off, but you take and reprioritize your efforts elsewhere. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, you know, Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, right? So nothing is officially ever dead forever, right? I just like, yeah. I, I think of that too, because yeah, with relationships, you know, if we talk about relationships in specificity, there was a relationship in my life where um, at one point in time, Kate and I chose to no longer pursue that friendship. We, we, we said, hey, listen, right now with the direction of that, where they're going in our life and the way that we're going in our life, uh, we're not on the same page and it's an unhealthy relationship and we can no longer put energy into that. We can no longer water that relationship. Well, lo and behold, you know, a year later, you know, a year and a half later, that relationship mended and we started to align again on our visions for ourselves and our families. And now it's a thriving relationship right now. It's a, it's the best it's ever been. Right. And so I want to encourage men right now is that you, this is where you have to lead, right? This is where you have to make those decisions. If you're, if you've got a spouse that is not willing to make that decision or is really uncertain about if they need to or not, you have to build that confidence in them to say, it's okay. Right. Right. No, for now, not forever necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if, if you do it united, if you are the strength, right, we talk about like, you know, as men, we are leading our families, right? Well, we lead our families by taking the responsibility to take that burden too. Yeah. And on top of that, when you start, you know, stop watering dead plants, you have more time and energy to put toward other things. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that time and energy you need to put towards your kids. Maybe it's that time and energy you need to put towards your spouse. Water. The, the relationships that are there, water those good, healthy plants that are, mm-hmm. that are there. Use that water. You know, that's a finite resource. And how are you, how are you using it? Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, you know, you know, let's just kind of, we'll, we'll talk personally. And I know that uh, uh, as men, um, one of the things that we don't do, in fact, I, I had a great conversation with a gentleman this morning about our 60 day challenge uh, that we're going to be starting here this Thursday. And he was very hesitant to, to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, and this was like, this was a perfect, window into the mindset of a lot of men. And, and I, I will tell you, I fall, I've fallen myself into this category at sometimes is that we do not feel like we're worthy of that. It's hard for us to be around another group of men that are successful when we, at the end of the day, don't find ourselves successful because we know all the areas that we're flawed in. And we know, all, we know the truth in our businesses. We know the truth in our finances. We know how many times we've failed or things that have always been a setback. And we haven't never, we've never maybe expressed those things to people. We feel, we feel like a fraud in other, in front of other men, you know? And, and um, I will tell you, you know, one of the best things that has happened to me personally is, has been this whoop band. Um, okay. tracking my recovery, tracking, uh, my HRV, tracking my sleep. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, what, what we eat, we talk about our exercise. We talk about, um, you know, a lot of things, 
But until you actually see the numbers, because most of the time, what do we see? We, we see our weight. Yep. Well, as long as our weight looks decent, we feel like, okay, we're doing something right, right? We're not checking our vitals. We're not understanding truly how our body is doing. And, and ever since I, I got this small thing right here, it has been an absolute game changer to recognize, wow, like when I am recovered, I am optimal. Yeah. When I am not, I am a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. I am short-tempered. I am tired. I'm exhausted. I am not, I'm not willing to fight. Or if I am willing to fight, I'm willing to fight over the stupid things. Right. I'm, you know, like all of these bad characteristics of my personality start to get unveiled at that time. And and then I reverse engineer it and say, okay, so why am I tired? Why didn't I not recover? And I will tell you, honestly, most of the time is due to alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. If I have a, if I have an evening where I'm enjoying some beverages, we enjoyed a, we had a great night on Friday night, just a ton of fun, right? We uh, met up with uh, 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 Mike and Des and Jordan and Linz and we had, we went up to the country club and had a couple of drinks out there and met up with Bob and just like, it was an awesome night. We furthered the night with Jordan and Lindsay coming over their kids. And we literally stayed up till 1130, which does not, you know, that's a late night for us. Right. Yeah. And of course we had baseball the next morning. I'm looking at my recovery and it was absolutely pitiful. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely atrocious. And I knew, listen, I enjoyed that night. I, that was great times. And those are the, like, like there's nothing wrong with that. But I knew in order for me to be on fire today, for me to be able to be uh, uh, to to be um, uh, able to you know to finish projects on Sunday and be present and be the man that I needed to be, I knew Saturday that I couldn't have another Friday. Right. And in the past, I've never had the numbers to show that. I've never had the numbers to back that up. And so it was like, wow, you can do it. It's the weekend. Don't worry about it. Just enjoy it. This is going to be fleeting. You know, you'll always have another Sunday. You'll always have another Monday. This is the stop watering the dead plants right here. Yeah. Because that no longer can serve me, dude. So I wanted to give men like an, a, an actual real thing in our lives that is something that is taking away your joy, something that is taking away your energy, something that is dead in your life that you possibly continue to keep watering. And you just got to step away. I, I don't know how many people I'm running into right now, um, just in my profession. Um, and then people that are out there that they say, Hey, what about this? How, how about if you live the best life? Do you know what it means to live the best life? Right. What are some of the things that you're doing or not doing? And they're so that they're anchors, right? These dead plants are anchors and they don't want to give them up. Yeah. And it's, and you just, you can see it. You can go, dude, let go of that. Yeah. And then there's, there's success stories where people let go of these anchors. They've stopped watering these dead plants and, and you see them just take off. But there are so many people that are so afraid of change. They are so afraid of doing something different. I tell you, guys, you, you have to make the change. You have to have the honest conversation with yourself and go, I need to let go of that anchor. I need to quit watering that dead plant because it's dragging me down. And, and I would be interested, you know, the guy that you, you talk to, you know, that what is holding him back? Yeah. What, what, is, what, is, what is truly holding him back? Is it the well, fact that you got that you're not going to be able to drink every night? Is it the fact that you've now got to watch your diet? Is it the fact that 
um, you got to give up on some relationships that are that are taking you down a path that you don't want to that you don't personally want to be down. Yeah, I mean, those are all things that you have to have that honest conversation with your yourself, identify them, and then change. Yeah. Well, I think that there's two things that we need to address on this. One is, you know, when we've talked, you know, you and I have both said this when it comes to like the, when you do like the 75 hard challenge, right? You find really quickly how much you have to exercise that no muscle. Mm -hmm. We are so used to being able to say yes to everything in our life, whether it's good for us or bad for us, right? We are, cause you know, we are men, we are grownups right? We're the, we're the head of the household. We're the husbands and the fathers and the leaders and all of these things. Like we give ourselves this, uh, this power complex and, and we don't ever have to exercise. No, because we have no responsibility towards anybody else necessarily, at least in our mindset, right? Well, we know we have a responsibility to our wife. We can't cheat on her and we got to yeah. treat her right. We got to provide for the family, right? We have an, we have responsibility to our children, you know, because we got to be good dads and we got to, coach their, you know, coach their sports or, you know, that type of stuff. Right. But we have nobody that is holding us accountable to the actions in our life that truly are holding us back. Right. We do not have to say no to anything. We can convince our wife that we need to buy that ATV. We can convince our wife that we need to buy that gun or we need to convince our week. You know, we, we can tell our children's like we have full authority over our children, so to speak. So yeah. they're not going to tell us no. Right. Right. So that's the challenge that we as men face is this ability to continuously say no in our lives when it doesn't serve us. Right. Right. So I think that's one big thing right there. I think the other thing is just kind of going back to this gentleman uh, and, 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 I, and what I'm finding out, and this is just, you know, once again, having great conversations with people diving deep into the reality of the situation is that most of us men have a hard time being around other successful men. Because it, it shows our inadequacies. It shows us the areas of life that we're failing, right? And what, that, what does that bring in our life? It brings scarcity. It brings jealousy. It brings the why me, right? All of these things that we know that we want to be better in, that's the problem when it comes to other successful men in our lives. And we have to be able to cross that border. We have to be able to say, we are enough right now. And in order for me, to get to that next level of success, I need to be okay surrounding myself with other men, other like-minded men, but even other successful men. There's, yeah. a, there's a sense of great humility that we need to be able to show. Yes, 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 and yes. And then you have to be vulner vulnerable enough to say, this is the plan. This is what I want to accomplish. This is This is who I am and I want to be you know, maybe I want to be like you, or I want to be like this person over there, or I want to accomplish this, mm -hmm. right? I, I know, you know, Bobo's working toward a Spartan race and I, and I, I, I love it, right? Mm -hmm. That's, he, he's committed to a plan or committed to a goal, yeah. right? And then you got to create that plan. And then you got to collaborate with folks around you to help. You're stronger, you know, st stronger in numbers, Yeah. right? Have people come along. There are people that have walked that path before. Don't reinvent the wheel, but you've got to be vulnerable enough and you've got to accept the fact that, yes, I got to change. And yeah. that is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to look different. And I'm going to look different to those folks around me. And there may be even some folks around you that go, you know what? You're not the same person anymore. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. 
And you got to be able to go, you know what? That's okay. Because yes, I am not the, the same person. I'm a better person. I'm the person that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're going to have people around you that's going to surround you. It's going to come alongside. It's going to collaborate with you. That's going to help you be successful. Amen to that, dude. Well, and I think that too, you know, just on the other side of this as well, I think, you know, when you're around, like, so why is this group so important? Why, like, why do we, um, why do we commit to, to, to this group and the success of the men in this group is this, is because there are times as well too. And, and I, and I pointed this out with this individual, cause I know him so well, you know, him obviously really well as well too, um, is that I even made it, I made a point of this is that you're not the man that I knew you, be, you had become a year ago. Like you're changed that, and it wasn't a good, it wasn't a compliment. It was more of like, you have fallen back and we need men like that in our lives Yeah. to be able to say, Hey, you were on fire at one point in time. There was one point in time where you took that weighted vest from me and you ran with it, dude. Yeah. And right now you have given that weighted vest back mm. and it's about time you took it back. Yeah. Right. And so we need men that will call us out because they, they appreciate us. They love us so much. They care for us so much. They see so much in us that they know that we are falling short of who we want to be. Right. Thank you. You hit it on the head. We love you that much. We love you so much to be able to tell you yeah. when you are falling short. Yeah. Yep. And very few people will do that in your life. Yep. They're afraid of confrontation. They're afraid of like having that conversation. They don't want to get deep into it. Like people are afraid of that. Well, I'm telling you what, dude, like as a man that can no longer, that doesn't serve you. Yeah, it doesn't. Right. So, all right, dude. Well, Hey, listen, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect to be that passionate about this, but Hey, here we oh, go. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, so as we hate hey, dude, as we, as we, yeah. uh, as we wrap up today, man, any final thoughts, anything you want to share with the guys before we, uh, we, we say we, we, we close chapter on this one. Yeah. Listen, fellas, guess what? We're, we're, we're April now, right? We're going into the summer and this it's a season of change. It's season to change outside. We're going from, you know, we're into that spring season and we're going into the summer season and it's a season of change. That's great. Right. Who are you? Who do you have in your corner? Who do you have on your side? Who do you have that's going to be right there behind you to say, hey, let us help you be successful? Who do you have that's going to say, hey, dude, you're falling short. We'd love you enough to tell you that we know you can do better. Let's let's go ahead and step it up a little bit. We're here to walk that walk that walk with you. Um, go get it. Don't accept mediocrity. Whether it's in you know, what like I, I got the five Fs up, up here on my shoulders, right? Don't accept mediocrity in every in any one of those those spaces. Yeah. If you need help, raise your hand. We can we're there for you. Yeah. Absolutely there for you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Love it, dude. All right, brother. Well, always appreciate you being on here, man. Yeah. Good to good to see you again. Gentlemen, as you all know. We are a group of ambitious men that give a shit about life. You just kind of saw that passion come out today. Uh, listen, uh, we are we are starting a 60-day uh, a challenge with uh, just a small group here, but it doesn't mean that you can't go on a challenge. It doesn't mean that you can't start putting things in your life. As Jimmy was saying, listen, you are in the second quarter of this year. If you have not accomplished the things that you've set out to, if you've just been distracted or life has happened and you need to get a reset, now is the time to do it. There is just an absolute 
great opportunity for you to get back on track in life right now. So I would implore you, man, get blow up that schedule if it's not serving you right now and figure out what you need to be doing on a daily basis to win the day. So, Jimmy, appreciate you, my man. Thank you.